Times are changing for believers. A new day, a new paradigm is dawning for Christians in the United States. The political and social scenes are shifting. Persecution looms ominously on the horizon. Political correctness overshadows truth. Compromise is preferred to conviction. Truth is blurred, vision declines, and individual liberty evaporates. Is the future all gloom and doom? Does this spell the end of the church? Of course not. We serve a mighty God. His light has always shined brighter in the darkness. But it is a time to take a stand, to reflect Jesus Christ, and to make a difference where we live, where we work, in the marketplace. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Real people, real lives, making real impact for the Kingdom of God. And here with today's Ministry in the Marketplace is Reverend Richard Hamlet. I want to welcome you today to Ministry in the Marketplace. And here we are from the corporate headquarters of Global Ministries Fellowship. Today we're going to be looking at a very familiar passage, maybe to many of our listeners. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it is the Great Commission according to the book of Acts. We find the Great Commission in all of the four narrative gospels, of course, and here in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So today our text describes very clearly what the Great Commission is. The Great Commission is very simply for God's people, Christ's people who've been redeemed, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever they go. Now in this verse, there's four geographic regions listed, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But this verse encompasses not only geographic, but also demographic, I believe, and economic platforms for the Great Commission to advance. Clearly, in geography, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the rest of the world were four different locations. And as we think about ministry in the markets today again, I want to stretch you to think more about the Great Commission being a global message than one that is only contained to a certain territory or region or country within the world. You know, here in the United States, we are blessed with so many things. God has had favor on our country. The founders of our country came, many of whom were Christ's followers. But our country looks a lot different today than it did 200-plus years ago when the Founding Fathers came. And so the Great Commission is for us today in our geography within the United States, which would be our Jerusalem if you are a United States believer today. But then it goes out to Judea, Samaria, and to the rest of the world, literally a global gospel. That would involve other countries, other continents. And so that is the original context here was, again, the Great Commission given by Jesus to his followers there as they were about to convene at Pentecost shortly thereafter in Jerusalem. But it's not only geographic, it's also demographic. Now, that's a word that we hear many times today. What is demographic? Well, I'm defining demographic as those who are in different age groups within our country, those who have different ethnicity, those who have different language. I mean, we could split this up into even more subsets of sociology and linguistics, but demographics here is equally a part of the Great Commission, and that simply means there are those who are your same demographic in your marketplace that would be more like your Jerusalem. 
In other words, they, you have the same affinity. They look like you. They talk like you. They act like you. They are in the same activities as you. But then the Great Commission for you as a believer in the marketplace is not only for those that you're comfortable with that look like you and talk like you and speak like you, but those who are a little different from you. And Judea would be those who maybe are like you in some ways, but they are different in other ways. And then Samaria, even more different. And then the ends of the earth would be those who are really maybe on the other end of the demographics from us. And I must remind you, dear friend, the United States of America is a melting pot. And Christ's church in the United States today is made up of many different demographics. And so we must be open to crossing those barriers. And if you'll notice the key here for all of these observations I'm giving you is, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is on you. We cannot go around the world to new geography or across the street or the city to new demographics unless we are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's impossible for you and I to be ministers in the marketplace in 21st century Christianity and not be filled and anointed with the Holy Spirit of God. God has empowered us through His Spirit, and so we are to be witnesses. We're not to be the judge of others. We are to be witnesses. We are to point others in different demographics and in different geographic regions to the all-saving Lord, Jesus Christ, who, again, is the Lord of the marketplace. And then the other observation that we see here is not only one of geographics or demographics, but also economics. Now, we have quite a gap today in our country today between the rich and the poor. It's interesting when we look at the Scripture that Jesus had more to say about the poor than the rich. And as we look at the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, the other writings, we see many times blessings extended to Israel when they reached out to the poor who were without resources, who were struggling from hour to hour or day to day. There would be a blessing upon God's people when they reached out to the poor. And here we are today in the United States of America. We are one of the most affluent countries in the world. We are the economic superpower. And yet today, there are 40 to 50 million people who are below the poverty level. And these people need to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we think about being a minister or ministries in the market, it's important to know that the poor who are here today in our country, that we need to reach out to them and we need to find ways to empower them. We need to find ways to enable them. We need to use holistic outreach with economic incentives and job training and educational venues and health and wellness and computer technology. You know, we need to reach out. And it may not just be a church mission project, but may be more importantly you reaching out in the marketplace to those who are different than you and maybe a different economic class. I remind you that everything that you and I have is a gift from God. God is the creator of all things, and everything we have and everything we are belongs to Him. And part of our stewardship as believers who have been blessed is to connect those who have more than they need to those who need more than they have. It's literally connecting the blessed with the broken, and that is our motto here at Global Ministries Fellowship. In all that we do, we want to equip, empower, and evangelize those who come in our path with the gospel of Jesus Christ in a holistic way. So the Great Commission is not just for the missionary in China. 
It's not just for the pastor or the elder here working in a church. It's for every listener who confesses the name of Christ, who has a marketplace in which there needs to be ministry through their lives. You're listening to Ministry in the Marketplace. Coming up, a conversation with Reverend Richard Hamlet and Dr. Mark Morris. He's the director of the non-traditional church strategies with the Southern Baptist Convention. Dr. Morris will have ideas on how you can reach others with your own ministry in the marketplace. Evangelizing, equipping, empowering. It's the heartbeat of every endeavor GMF undertakes. One of GMF's strategies is to invest in real estate that provides safe, sanitary, affordable housing for low to moderate income people. Both social and spiritual services are extended to these communities. GMF provides empowerment rather than entitlement. Empowerment grows out of being adequately equipped with skills to break the generational cycle of poverty. GMF provides job training, after-school child services, dental and medical clinics, plus education for computer literacy, housekeeping, personal finance, as well as opportunities for spiritual growth. These services are provided at no cost to the residents and are completely voluntary. To learn how Global Ministries Fellowship is evangelizing, equipping, and empowering, visit gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. Ministry in the Marketplace, brought to you by Global Ministries Fellowship. Our Real Time in the Marketplace segment takes a look at how God is using men and women around the world who step out of the box and apply their faith and belief to their unique marketplace. Today we'll be talking with Dr. Mark Morris. Dr. Morris has served in multiple roles over the years, including a traditional missionary church planner, strategy coordinator, and regional director for the International Mission Board for Central and Southern Asia. He's also been a church consultant and mission pastor. Currently, Dr. Morris serves on the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention as director of the non-traditional church strategies. Dr. Morris is committed to sharing among those who have yet to hear the truth of God's revelation in Jesus Christ. We're so pleased today to have Dr. Mark Morris with us here in the GMF corporate office setting. Mark is a dear friend of mine and actually was the key person, I think, looking back at when GMF was chartered and helping me see really a true world vision for the gospel and now the ministry in the marketplace that's flowing from that. Mark, we're so glad you're here with us today. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be here. Uh, first of all, Mark, uh, tell us a little, little bit about yourself and your passion for missions. Well, Richard, first let me say thanks to GMF. I appreciate all the many ministries that, that you guys are in, involved in, and uh, you've been a part of ministries that we've been engaging around the world, so it's great to be here. Um, first of all, I'd say that as a young man, I grew up here in Memphis, and I just knew all the stories of the Bible. I was a good Sunday school kid, but there was a point in my life as a young person that I, I needed to, to really explore the truth of the gospel, and I began to, to become sort of a skeptic and a question from my youth leaders to my pastor, to my parents, and I wanted to know if this was true. 
And I think this is part of the process for anybody who is going to live as a minister in the marketplace is they've got to firm up the gospel. So that was the first step for me was discovering if the gospel was true. And I came to a deep conviction after a period of questioning. And and I chose the gospel. I chose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that changed everything. So from the time that I made that decision, I never saw a cloud of Africa in the sky that pointed me to missions. But what I learned about was people around the world, even as a young person, I learned that there were whole population segments, there were nations that didn't have the same opportunity to hear about that gospel that I had as a Memphian. And that troubled me. Just as a kid, I didn't understand why there would be people somewhere in the world that didn't have that chance. I don't know, you could call it a a calling from God, but it was really just a natural outflow of the gospel. And so as a troubled kid, knowing that I had something that others didn't have, I, I said, I've got to share this with others. And so that just became a part of my life. I remember being discipled as a teenager by a friend who took me out to share my faith with others. And he, he taught me how to have a quiet time. And, and those two things just came together as a natural flow of what it meant to be a Christian. So God was already beginning early on to, to move me toward uh, witness and toward ministry and to missions. So that's where it began for me. And then I just continued to chase that understanding of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. As a young person going to college, I had to make decisions that others around me weren't making to live a life that was different, that set me apart. And so I was involved in discipleship. I was involved in in ministry. We saw some internationals sitting at the dormitory cafeteria tables, and I started going over to them and, and becoming friends. And And on Sunday nights when the cafeteria was closed, we would take the internationals with us to the pizza joint. And they didn't know why. They didn't understand. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing back from some of those people years later who said, we didn't know what you were doing, but it was through those relationships that some of those people came to know the Lord. And so we followed the Lord in going overseas to serve Him. And so it's just been an ongoing process of trying to to live out the gospel. Well, that's awesome, Mark. Uh, Most of your experience seems to be geared to missions as an outreach of the church. What are your thoughts on the marketplace as a mission field in the 21st century? Well, that's, I think, one of the most important questions that we can ask today in missions. The whole idea of the marketplace is really dominating the conversation. Whether we have the title as of missionary or whether we have the title of businessman or teacher or doctor or nurse, there's a marketplace and it involves people that are saved and people that are lost. So when we went on the mission field, we went to some countries uh, where it was not permitted to have a missionary visa. And so we worked in the marketplace. We were, uh, you know, worked in a humanitarian aid organization and did water well projects and educational projects and and that was my mechanism for being there, was doing good service for, for folks. And so when we moved back to Memphis back in 1997 from being on the mission field for 14 years, it wasn't enough just to sit in a church and be a staff person. So we went down to the Memphis Park Commission one day, and I just said, can I volunteer to do something? And they said, no. But they said, we need referees. Would you be a referee? 
And I said, a referee? <laughs> and they said, yeah, come to class. And so I found myself refereeing basketball. And through that, a church has been started that GMF helped partner with. So it's just a, a natural process of living out the gospel as a part of the mar marketplace. That's who we have to be. Well, research indicates that 90% of all Christians do not feel adequately equipped, Mark, to apply their belief and faith to impact their marketplace. Is this something that churches can address today, in your opinion? Absolutely. I think it begins with discipleship. It begins with teaching. It begins with people being mentored and trained up in, in what it is we believe. We don't know what we believe, and if we don't know the gospel, we can't communicate it. And second, we've got to be willing to cross barriers. We've got to be willing to go where it's uncomfortable. For many African-Americans here in Memphis, many African-American Christians don't know about the nation of Islam that is just grabbing the hearts of our young people. And others that are in other communities don't know about the people that are in other environments that are exposed to New Age movements and, and that are just skeptics. And so we've got to be willing to cross those barriers to communicate Christ when we're in the marketplace. Let me give you a couple of examples of missionaries in the marketplace. William Carey and Thomas Koch. Thomas Koch was the Methodist pioneer of missions. William Carey was a Baptist pioneer in missions. Koch was a, he was a lawyer. He was a mayor. He was an attorney. Yet he was the one who could help the Wesleyans put in place the political and legal mechanisms that allowed them to establish a church and to advance work in South Asia and in America and in the West Indies. William Carey, when he went to India, he went with a doctor who used up all the money. So William Carey had to go manage an indigo factory. He went into the jungle, managed an indigo factory, and, and then became a botanist and started a school. And so these guys we think of as great missionaries, but they were people that lived their lives in the marketplace serving God, making Christ's name known among those that didn't have a chance to hear. Mark, thank you so much for this time today. I know the, the listeners have benefited from this time with you. God bless you. Great to be here, Richard. This is Ministry in the Marketplace. Unfortunately, 90% of Christians do not feel adequately equipped to respond to the Great Commission in their workplace. Are you part of the 90%? In our Marketplace Ministry Around the World segment, we look at real-life workplace situations across the globe. Today, we will consider a common question that you may have, whether here in the U.S. or abroad. What is ministry in the marketplace? In some ways, the answer is self-explanatory, but defining the concept is essential to effective and efficient ministry. At GMF, we define it as a holistic approach to meeting people in the workplace, where they are, and guiding them to Jesus Christ. It's also encouraging them in their ongoing relationship with Him. We want our colleagues to know Christ personally, not to simply know more about Him. Someone has said, Marketplace Ministry is the army deployed by God in the spiritual war zone of the workplace. But this is a different kind of army. This army fights with spiritual weapons, and that's not hitting people over the head with the Bible. Remember, Jesus is described as a lion, a lamb, and a dove. We are to be as bold as lions concerning truth, as meek as lambs concerning our rights and gentle as doves in sharing and relating to people at our work. 
Learn more about ministry in the marketplace at gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. Every Monday morning, a great mission force goes off to the secular marketplace. Many are not sure what to do or how to get started and perhaps feel a bit inadequate. What you must keep in mind is that workplace ministry is not another evangelism program or even an evangelism tool. It's our response to the Great Commission, a holistic approach to bringing Jesus Christ into our work lives. It's a matter of being authentic and growing in our walk and relationship with God. God created all humans for a loving relationship with Himself. He actually longs for each individual to experience an intimate relationship with Him, one that is real and personal. God is at work in the world, in our workplace, no matter how secular, drawing people to Himself for redemption and fellowship. So, how do we get started? How we start is pivotal. We are a doing people. We tend to want to always be doing something. And in response to the Great Commission, the tendency is to think, what shall I do? And then generate some ideas that might be effective. Often we get so busy responding and doing what we think will be effective that God's voice and guidance is drowned out. God wants to involve us in His kingdom purposes in our workplaces. That is, His purposes, His work. We should always remember, He is the vine, we are the branches. We can do nothing apart from Him. Our doing and our business apart from Him is of no eternal value. So first, our part starts with spending time with Him and seeking His guidance about what He wants done. We don't find God's plan. He reveals it to us. As you spend time with God and pray about your workplace and colleagues, He will reveal what He wants you to do. He invites us to join Him where He is already at work. Next, watch for where God is already working in your workplace. When you intentionally watch, God will reveal to you what He is doing and how you can fit in. Then join Him. It is God's plan and God's work. Our part is to spend time growing in relationship with Him and responding to His specific guidance to join Him where He is already at work. We are His vessel to work through, His hands, His heart, and His voice to complete His ministry in the marketplace. Ministry in the Marketplace. And now, with today's wrap-up, is Reverend Richard Hamlet of Global Ministries Fellowship. I want to thank you again, dear friend, for joining us today on this segment of Ministry in the Marketplace. I want to challenge you now, as we've talked about Acts 1-8, and as we've heard from Mark Morris today about ministry in the marketplace, today I want to challenge you to evaluate where you are in terms of your ministry in the marketplace in light of this verse, Acts 1-8. Are you reaching out to those who look like you and who don't look like you? Are you extending the love of Christ to those 
who speak like you and to those who don't speak like you? Are you, with the love of Jesus Christ, wherever you are in your marketplace of activities, are you being a beacon of light and shining the love of Jesus Christ and His glorious gospel to those who have yet to hear or understand? And so it is divided between geography and demography and then economics, as we've seen today and heard today. But today is the day for you to consider these things. It's not business as usual in the church today. It must become business according to the Father's purpose, and that is that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save those who are lost. Well, today I want to have a special prayer for you as we conclude this time together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each listener, Father, that was able to dial in today and be a part of this program. Lord, our prayer here today is that each person, Lord, that they would have more confidence and more clarity on how they can be truly in their ministry in the markets. And Lord, we know that the markets are different for each person. And we know, Father, that each day brings its own challenges and a new set of circumstances. And Father, we know that we must be flexible. But God, I thank you within our changing marketplace, you are the unchanging God. And that the Lord Jesus Christ is indeed the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, enable us Fill us, empower us with the Holy Spirit, as Acts 1-8 declares, so that we may take the gospel of Jesus Christ across the street and around the world into our Jerusalems, Judeas, Samarias, and to the ends of the earth. God bless you, my friend. We thank you for listening to Ministry in the Marketplace, brought to you by Global Ministries Fellowship. The goal of this program is to encourage creative ways to advance the gospel and reach the lost through non-traditional means. Perhaps you've discovered ways of sharing your faith that you would like to share with us. You can find us on the internet at gmfonline.org. That's gmfonline.org. Our email address is info at gmfonline.org. And yes, we still receive traditional mail at Global Ministries Fellowship. 65 Germantown Court, Suite 409, Cordova, Tennessee, 38018. Ministry in the Marketplace is produced by Rick Tarrant Productions in conjunction with Bot Radio Memphis. We hope you'll join us again next week when Reverend Richard Hamlet and Global Ministries Fellowship bring you another edition of Ministry in the Marketplace. <laughs>